In the old gospel ship, I'm going far beyond the sky. I'm going to shout and sing until the heavens ring. I'm bringing this world goodbye. Take a trip in the old gospel ship. Some of those songs are wonderful. We've got to put that one in there and sing it with all our hearts. Appreciate the song service and the specials we've had today. Let's just change the order a little bit. Pour your spirit out, if we can, as our brother Max comes. Pour your spirit out on me. Fall just like the rain. Saturate my thirst. before him. Heavenly Father, I want to say thank you. Thank you for the spirit that you've given to us in this last age, Lord. God, we thank you, Heavenly Father, that you've given us, so Heavenly Father, the power, Lord, to be able to overcome, Lord. But we thank you, Lord, that you've sent to us a message, Lord God, that oh, Heavenly Father is preparing us, Lord, to take a flight out of this place, Lord. But we just want to thank you for it, for your love that you've bestowed upon us, for your grace that you've bestowed upon us, oh God. And Father, this evening we've come, O Lord, not to see a man, but Lord, to see you, O Lord. Father, we just want to give you all the preeminence. We want to ask you to move in our midst, O Lord God. 
Even as it was prayed, O Lord, to open the service, O Lord, we just ask that you have the preeminence, O God. That you go from pew to pew, O Lord God. Father, that you go from person to person, O God. Whether they be present, whether they be on the stream, O Lord, we just ask that you move in a supernatural way, O Lord. But I pray that you lay the man aside, O Lord. You know every heart, O Lord. You're the one who discern every thought, O God. But we pray may you discern every thought and be minister to every soul, O God. The Father, we may not live this place the same way we came in, O Father. Lord, we just want to surrender ourselves to you. We want to give everything that we are to you, O Lord. We ask that you take us, O Lord, that you use us, O Lord, that you will glorify your name, O Lord. The Father, we won't see a man, but Lord, we will see Jesus this evening, O God. But Lord, this morning we'll just see Jesus come on the scene, O Lord. And Father, once again, we want to see him this evening, Lord God. But we thank you for the song service. We thank you for your grace, O Lord. Father, we just ask, O Lord God, Lord, take us out of the way, O Lord. Take the speaker out of the way. Take the hearer out of the way, O Lord. Father, minister to us, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Good to see you all. Thank you, musicians, Brother Marion. God bless you. Amen. Amen. I'm going to enjoy the service this morning. Amen. That was a wonderful service. God bless you, Brother Ed and mine. I, that really ministered to me, and I believe we all responded to the word, whether we were here or whether we were at home. Amen. I, it was kind of more or less in the same vein that I, you know, the Lord was leading me also, so it might, some, might be something that might be repeated or whatever more, but we just want the Lord to lead. Amen. I, we, were, we were going in a certain direction, and then on on Tuesday, you know, the Lord, we were having some studies and then the Lord started to move us in another direction. So we just want to follow the Lord. Amen. Whatever he wants. It's not about us. It's about him. Amen. Man, man let's take the Bible this, this, this evening. Amen. And, and uh, let's turn to the book of Matthew. Turn to Matthew chapter 22. We'll read from verse 34 to verse 40. Amen. Matthew 22, verse 34 says, But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him, and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Amen. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of the word you might, you might have, you see. Amen. 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 This evening, our title this evening is, is give it all. Give it all. Amen. Let's give it all. As I was speaking, it was on Tuesday, and we were having we were having a little Bible study, and uh, yeah, having a little Bible study. And as we were studying, um, Brother Tim Daw towards the end of the studies, he started to make some certain statement, and and as he started to speak and make this statement, 
The Spirit of the Lord just started to move and, you know, a toss started to drop and things started to change. And so we just want to follow the direction. And as he was closing and as he was making these statements, he was, he was speaking about the brothers and sisters that live in different ages and the ages that has, the ages that has gone by and, and the way they gave all that they had in those ages. They gave it all even until the point of death in those ages. Amen. And he was saying, if in those days, those brothers and sisters gave it all that they could in those ages, then in, in this age, we are supposed to give it all that we can to him. We are not supposed to hold anything back, but we are supposed to give everything that we have. And that's where we want to go this evening. And our title, as we call it, is just give it all. Amen. At the end of the study, Brother Andrew read a quote, and I'm just going to pick it up from there again. In the Feast of the Trumpets, Jeffersonville, 1964. And he said, a man who chooses a wife don't put her through a lot of punishment. He's already found grace too with her. She has found grace with him. He engages to her. And if there is anything, he'll keep her from every place to turn her hand. His grace is so great upon them. And so will it be upon the bride. And so is it on the bride. We unworthy creatures deserving of hell. But his grace holds us through it. Look at how many lost and blind, how many, how many sinners there, how many sinners was there in the world the hour I got saved. God saved me for a purpose, and I am determined by his will to do that purpose. I don't care what anything else goes, I want to do it. Amen. How many in this building will say, regardless of whatever it is, I want to fulfill the purpose of God? No matter what it is, I want to fulfill that purpose. Amen. And how many will say, I am determined to fulfill that purpose? Because it's one thing to want to fulfill a purpose. And it's another thing to be determined to fulfill the purpose. Amen. You see, you may want and have a desire. But when you're determined to do something, you put everything that you've got into it. You don't hold anything back. But everything you've got, you put it into it. Just as the scriptures we read, here was the Pharisee that came. And, and you know, he came to ask a question. But in reality, his motive behind it wasn't actually to find an answer or to catch a revelation but the Bible will say that the real motive behind him was actually to tempt the Lord and he came and he asked the question and asked the Lord which is the greatest commandment in the scriptures now we know that the Pharisees they had a purpose that they were fulfilling so were the Sadducees having a purpose so were the Herodians having a purpose and we know that Jesus also had a purpose now the Pharisees we know that they were people that they would hold on to the law and, and that's all they hold on and, and they could say the concern on the law they were blameless they took the law to the letter amen but now was coming a dispensation that something was happening something was fixing to change it wasn't going to be just enough for you to just hold on to the law it wasn't going to be just enough to have an understanding of the law but it was going to take something that is going to be stronger or something that is going to be deeper than that it wasn't going to be just enough to say that I am a Pharisee or to say that I am a Sadducee or to say that I am a Herodian and it's not good enough to say that I am a believer. It is not good just enough to say that I am a Christian. See, there was something, a dispensation that was about to change at that moment that it wasn't just good to say oh, I know it all or good enough to say, you know, I go to the temple and I've read the scrolls and I've done all that it takes. See, that wasn't good enough because there was a dispensation that was changing at that moment. See, they had lived under the law and it was good for that moment, but now something greater than that was coming. 
Something greater than that was coming. As a matter of fact, Jesus in his in a sermon on demand, he'll say that except your righteousness, Matthew 5 20, he'll say that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Except the righteousness of the believer exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisee, there is no way that you will enter into the kingdom of heaven. Because there was coming a time, a changing of, of dispensation, a time that was coming that this great commandment that we read was not just going to be a commandment that was going to stay as a law on a paper. But there was coming a time that there were going to be a people that truly were going to live a life where they were going to serve the Lord with all of their heart. They were going to love them with all of their soul and love them with all of their mind. See, at that moment, the people that were there, they couldn't really fulfill that way because they were living under the blood of bulls and goats. But now was coming a greater sacrifice that was going to make a way for us to be able to fulfill that great commandment. And I want you to notice in this great commandment, it doesn't talk about serving the Lord with part of your heart. It doesn't say part of your soul. It doesn't say part of your mind, but it says all of your heart. And it says all of your mind. And it says all of your soul. And if the scripture is saying all, and we know that the scripture is not something that just came from somewhere, but that was the words of Jesus. And if Jesus is saying all, then that means that there is a people that are going to come, that are going to be able to fulfill all of that scripture. There are going to be a people that are going to come, that are going to be able to love the Lord with all of their heart, with all of their mind, with all of their soul. And I believe that those people have been made manifest in this age. Friends, I believe that we are not a people that are just coming to service as a common place just to stay on the borderline. I believe we are not coming here just to be a spectator. I believe we are not coming to this place, you know, just to be classified ourselves as message believers. Because I want to tell you something, those days are over. Those days are over for the true believer. You can't just be a spectator anymore. You got to choose which side you are on. Those days are over. The, day, the days of being a lukewarm believer is over. The days of former religion is over. The days of powerless religion is over. Those days are over. Why? Because we are living in a time that there is an anointing that has been released in this last age. And it's an eagle alone anointing and has been released on a certain people that is called the bride of Christ. And it's an anointing that, is, that has come to prepare you for a rapture. It is an anointing that has come to lift you up above the realms of this earth. And lift you up in a heavenly place where the impossible is made possible. To live in a heavenly place where you can become an overcomer. That's the anointing that has been released in this age. And I don't know you, but I want to give it all to him. I don't want to give a part of this anointing. I want to give it all to him. I don't just want to give a part of my heart to him. I want to give everything I've got into him. Because it is worded. That's the only thing that the enemy cannot stand against in this last age. He's not scared of the denomination. He's scared of the pride. He's not after the denomination. He's after you. 
Amen. That's the only thing, friends. Amen. Amen. There's an anointing that has been released. And we know that we're living in a time that a greater than a greater than Moses is here. A greater than the law is here. Amen. Just can't find where I'm at in my notes here. Just keep speaking. Amen. Amen. We want to give our all to it. We don't want to be like Samson. Amen. You see, Samson was a man that, you know, he gave his heart to Delilah and gave his strength to the Lord. See, he didn't give it all to the Lord. See, Samson was a man that, I tell you, he was faithful to come to church. He never missed one service. He never missed one special meeting. He was faithful in paying his toys. He was faithful in paying his offering. But it was one thing that was lacking in Samson's life that Samson didn't give his whole heart to the Lord. Samson just gave a part of his arm to the Lord, but he wasn't fully sold out to the gospel. And friends, if you're sitting here this evening and you're not fully sold out, I don't want you to walk out of this building the same way. You don't have to walk out of this place the same way. Whatever is standing in your way, you have a right. There is a possibility here this evening that you can lay your hands upon the post and say once more, Lord. Once more, Lord, once more restore to me the joy that I had. Once more, Lord, tear down any walls of Jericho. Once more, Lord, come to my rescue. Once more, Lord, it is later than you think. Lord, I don't want to be in this condition. I want to change in my life. I want to give it all to you. But Satan has been holding me back. But I'm saying once more, Lord. Friends, we're not here to give just a part. Because you know one thing? Satan is not giving a part of what he's doing. Satan is giving it all in what he's doing. They are not there trying to play games and, and trying to limit your powers. They're putting everything they can to try to bring you down. But what is the pride of Christ doing? Are we holding back? Oh, we're putting a hole in it. Friends, there's no any other message coming. There's no any other messenger coming. This is the last one. So what are we doing about it? There's no something greater that is coming after this. This is the best that he's about, he's given to us. The revelation. The book has been opened. Are we just giving our part to it? Or are we going to give a all to it? Friends, there is power in this message. There is power in the word. But you see, if we don't give it all to it, we can know exactly the power and the amount of, of anointing that is actually in it. Amen. But you see, Samson, you know, he just gave, you know, a part of it and gave his strength to the Lord and his heart to Delilah. But you see, in order for you to give it all, it means that you must forsake everything that is contrary to the word. For you to give it all, you have to forsake it all. And that means if you have to forsake it all, that means that what you need to do is to start to clean the channels. And I believe it is time for us to start cleaning the channels. It is time for us to start trimming the lamb. Friend, I tell you, midnight is here. 
Midnight is not far away. And if midnight is here, that means the bridegroom is a common. And the bridegroom is not a common for someone that is living a partial Christian life. He's not coming for a spectator of the gospel. He's not coming for a powerless religion. But he's coming for a bride that is adorned with the word of God. And I don't know, but I want to be that one. And whatever he's going to take, I want to give it all for him. It is now trimming time. And you know, we're living in a dark lotus here. It's a dark lotus here. The smokes of hell are upon us. The smoke of hell are upon us. But you know, there's something about a lamp. And, and we know that a lamp has got a wick. And that wick will get smoked or get carbon on it. And when that wick gets smoked and get carbon on it, what they have to do is they have to trim it. Because if they don't trim it, it can't really shine the light. Because you see, that wick is always dipping the oil. It's already dipped in the oil and it's drawing the oil. But in order for it to shine the light, it must be cleaned. It must be trimmed. And what they do with it, they'll take a sharp razor and they will cut all the, all the carbon and all the, all the smoke that is gathered around the wick. And I believe it is time for us not just to take a razor, but to take the two-edged sword, which is the word of God, and start to trim our lives and trim everything that has got a hold of us, that is not being allowing us to be able to shine the light the way we ought to shine that light. I believe it is now I'm trimming time. Oh, hallelujah. I believe it is now I'm trimming time. It's that, it's that I couldn't lose. Cutting loose anything that is standing in the way. Cut loose the lies of the enemy. See, Satan has been lying to the bride and been lying and lying because he is a lawyer. But it's time to cut loose of all his lies. You know, all the time Satan has been pointing to us about a mercy line that we can cross. And when we cross that line, there is no turning back anymore. And always he tells us about that mercy line and how we can cross that line. But it's even I want to talk about another line. And it's God's delivering line. There is another line that you can go over that you cannot turn back to sin anymore. And it's called God's delivering line. And I believe it is time for some believers to start crossing that line. To not be turning back anymore. To start giving it all. Not to give it power, but to start giving it all. Oh, hallelujah. You see, it was David. It was David when he was in a hold and, and the garrisons have gathered himself in Bethlehem. They had gathered himself in Bethlehem and, and now here he is. And, and David was longing for waters from the well of Bethlehem. He was longing for waters from the well of Bethlehem. And as he's longing for water, David's three mighty men got to know what David is longing for. And you know, David is the Achaean. And they got to know what David is longing for. And when they got to know what David was longing for, they knew what was standing before them. They knew what they were going to face. Because there was a garrison of the Philistines that were gathered right there at the gate of Bethlehem where the well was. 
But these three mighty men, when they saw the desire of the can, they pulled up their sword and they said, we are going all the way and we're going to cut down and the Philistine is going to come away because our can is desiring waters from the well. And I want you to know something this evening. There is a can in heaven that is desiring an empty vessel. There is a can in heaven that is desiring a believer that will go all the way. A believer that will take him out of his word. And I be, they believe that it behooves us to start to cut loose and it is standing in our way. For a natural can, they cut through every Philistine. But what about a mighty can? What about him? What about him? They tore down every Philistine. And I believe that you can tear down every Philistine. And a Philistine of unbelief that comes in your way, you can tear him down. Hallelujah. You can tear down any Philistine because you can is desiring a vessel. You can is desiring someone that he can step in and use. Amen. That's what your kin is desiring. See, we have been born, we have been put in this place to serve the Lord. The Bible will say that we are the temple of God. We are the place where God wants to dwell, his habitation. Amen. And even though we are in Laodicea, and all the odds may be against us, and hell may be against us, but I want you to know something that God is with us. God is with us. You know, I want to know this about, I want to talk about Daniel. Daniel was in Babylon. The only people that were standing was Daniel and the three Hebrew children. In Babylon. Brother Branham will speak about him and in Gabriel's instruction to Daniel, Jeffersonville 9 and 61. And he said, I want you to notice how Daniel, yet an alien, yet I stand from the people, I stand from his church. Without one church service, without any church to go to, without any hymns to be sung, but what he sang himself, in the midst of all this, still held on to what that prophet said. Amen. He's talking about the prophet Jeremiah. He said, no church to go to. Nobody to fellowship with. That sounds like what we're living in right now. You're barely being able to make it to church. And there's restriction there and restriction here. That was kind of what Daniel was going through. But at least we can see one another. At least we can phone one another. There was no phone at that time. Daniel was boy himself. He said nobody to fellowship with. Everybody went to the hating temples. Everybody worshipped the idols. No Christian song. Nobody believed the same thing he did. And in 68 years, from a young man of about 12, 14 years old, when he, he was taken down there, he held true to God and understood by Jeremiah's prophet that the days were almost accomplished. And we can see from the message that the days for us to leave this place is almost accomplished. But what I want you to notice is that for 68 years, Daniel... Held on. For 68 years, Daniel held on victorious. He held himself undefiled to the word of God. 
Brother Branham will continue to say in that very same, in that very same message, he will say that Daniel was without the Holy Ghost. There was no Holy Ghost at that time, but Daniel was standing. There was no sacrifice at that time, but Daniel was standing. And I mean the perfect sacrifice. All that Daniel had was the sacrifice of bulls and goats. And Brother Branham will say, even Daddy had to do it in secret. But yet he was standing. He purposed in his heart that he was not going to partake of the king's meat. He purposed in his heart, neither was he going to partake of the king's wine. And when all the odds turned against him, what did Daniel do? He just went on and opened his windows and kept on calling on the Lord. He said, I'm going to give it all. It doesn't matter if I'm Babylon. It doesn't matter where I am. I have got a God and I am going to serve him. And when he gave it all to the Lord, and it came a point where he has done everything that he could. And now here was the lion's dam that was waiting for him. He had confidence. He had confidence. Why? Because he has given it all. And friends, we don't want to come to that place. Why we don't have confidence? And we're wondering, are we going to make it or not? This is your time to give it all. This is your allocated time that God has given to you in this latest and age to love him. To give him all that you've got. To serve him with all of your heart. To serve him with all of your soul. To serve him with all of your mind. This is a term that he's given to you to express what he's put inside of you. For 68 years he kept on holding on, thrown on the lion's den, but God delivered him. Why? Because he was giving it all to him. And you give it all to the Lord and you watch him come on the scene. When you are in trouble, you watch him come on the scene. When you have a need, you give it all to the Lord, you young people, and you watch him fill you with the Holy Ghost. Oh, my. You give it all to him and see him come on the scene. Friends, we live in a night to see it, but also he said, we might be here, but God is here. That was a statement Brother Tim Dodd made. We are here, but God is also here. God is also here, and where is he at? He is in you. He is living right in you. And I want you to know something, that the devil is terrified about you. The devil is terrified when you go on the knees. What was the reason why Daniel got into trouble? What got Daniel into trouble was because Daniel was unseasonally going before the Lord in prayer. And the enemies at that time couldn't stand it. And they started to get together and start to plot against Daniel. He is terrified when you go on your knees. And he starts to plot against you. He is terrified when he hears your voice. He is terrified when you pick up the Bible. He is terrified when you pick up a tape. He's terrified when you duck your feet through those doors. He's terrified when he hears your name. 
He's terrified when there is no food on the table. You should lift your hands and praise the Lord. He's terrified when you are in sickness, but you start praising the Lord for your healing. He's terrified. Hell has been shaking for the past 2,000 years. And now they've come to the brim of it. They don't know what to do with you anymore. Every age that came, he was able to overcome it. Every age that came, he was able to denominate it. Oh, but now it's come an age. Oh, come on, people. Now it's come an age. And he doesn't know what to do anymore. He's trying to denominate it. But there is a people who say, we will not denominate Oh, hallelujah. He said there is a people who will not denominate. He doesn't know what to do anymore. Because he's terrified of you. He's terrified of you. He doesn't know what to do anymore. He's thrown sickness to you. But you're still standing. He brought problems in the home, but you're still standing. We've seen some believers depart from us, but you're still standing. And it's wondering, what has these people got? What is it about these people? It was the same thing they were thinking about Jesus when he came. He had killed all the prophets. He had been able to do it all. But Abraham will talk about the bee that was going around. He has stung everyone and had been able to de defeat every prophet that has come. There was one thing that none of them was able to overcome and that was that. And now here was he buzzing around Jesus thinking I'm going to get him because he still couldn't figure out could this really be the one? Could this be the one hanging on a tree? And some don't he doesn't understand. Could this be actually the bride of Christ and looking at the way they're leaving? Could this be the bride of Christ? And he's kept on probing at you. And kept on probing at you. Trying to see is this truly the bride? But you are still standing. You are that is in the home streaming. You are still standing. And he kept on probing on Jesus. And he kept on buzzing around. And he kept on buzzing around. And he got to a point that he thought, well, you know what? I think he's not really the one. So I'm going to sting him too. But when he put us thing in, something happened. He said, oh my, I can't put it out anymore. What is going on? I can't put it out. That was the end of him. That was when his tongue was taken away from him. And I tell you now, he's buzzing around him and he's got no stinger. He's buzzing around him and he's got no stinger. I tell you, friends, he's just buzzing around you, but he can't do anything to you because you are a predestinated seed of God. All he can do is to buzz around you and try to tell you a whole bunch of lies that you don't have to believe. As they sat in hell and they were rejoicing and thought they got Jesus, they started to hear some rumors. Started to hear some noise and they wondered, oh, it might be, I don't know, who's this coming in now? 
That was Jesus coming in. He was coming in to tell them that he has overcome. That he overcome death, he has overcome hell, and he has overcome the grave. And he also wanted them to know that he was not going to be the only one. But he was going to go up and he was going to send the Holy Ghost down. And he wanted them to know that that was not the end of their tormenting. Because there's going to come a people that would have, for how long is ever going to be, they're going to be tormenting him. And as he left and ascended, his Holy Ghost down, and down through seven ages is gone, and now here is the last age, and now here you are, and Satan is wandering. Is this really them? Is this really them? Is this really the pride? Oh, that's really here, devil. That's really here. He's been posing around, but that's really here. You watch her. Somewhere between six and nine. You just watch her. You just watch her. Oh, you just watch her as the word is becoming more and more real to her. You just watch her. Because one of these days, you tell me you're not going to see her this bright anymore. Because she's going to take a flight. She's going to take a step. She's going to have a body change. Oh, hallelujah. There's a glory that is awaiting her. You see, friends, you have been called to be a conductor. You have been called to be a conductor. Hallelujah. A conductor of what? A conductor of the word. Brother Branham will talk about it in the Messiah's Truth, part 9 and 61. He said the word is God's conductor. A man that believes in God's word has God's word stands as high as these buildings as these buildings around here when he walks out on it. It's the boss. It conducts the man. It conducts the spirit. Amen. He said the word is the conductor. And he said it conducts the man and it conducts the spirit. Why? Because the Spirit follows the Word. That's what the Spirit does. The Spirit follows the Word. The Word goes forth and the Spirit follows it to vindicate it, to prove it, and to bring it to pass. Amen. And also to quicken it. Amen. And we are the Word of this last age. And the Spirit is here. But Abraham will talk about on the restoration of, of the bright tree. And he will talk about how the spirit is actually the agent that goes forth to enforce the law that is in the word. Amen. It goes forth and enforces the law to claim back anything that the enemy has taken away from you. It goes to claim and restore it back. And the word has come, and the spirit is here to quicken the word that is in you, to bring the word to pass. And you have been made that conductor. You are that conductor. See, we were built to be connected, and we know what a conductor is. A conductor is something that conducts electricity or conducts current. And the conductor is connected to the dynamo, is connected to the main source of power. 
And we have been made that conductor. And we are connected to the dynamo. We are connected to the dynamo, which is the almighty God. That's what we are connected to. And we are built for that. Amen. The reason why we're connected to it is because we are supposed to produce the same life. We are supposed to produce the same work. We are supposed to act just as the way he acts. Talk the way he talks. Walk the way he walks. But you know what Satan does? He puts some resistance in our ways. He put resistance in our ways. And you know what a resistor is? A resistor is something that holds back the current. It doesn't put out the entire current that is coming from the dynamo. It'll hold back part of that current. It'll resist part of it. And the reason it's doing that is because the device that is connected to is not pressurized enough or it hasn't got the ability to contain the entire power that is coming from the dynamo. So for the reason of that, a resistor is put in there to hold back a little bit of the power. I suppose you can tell my roommate is an electrician. <laughs> yeah, he was explaining all that to me. I asked him to, you know, to hire me, and, but he refused. I don't know if you guys know why he did, but anyways. <laughs> Amen. But what he does is that he puts a resistor in there. And the resistor holds back the power and doesn't allow for the entire current to go through it. And that's what Satan has been doing. Trying to put resistance in the way of the believer for the entire current not to go through. He's been trying to put resistance since, you know, since, since the whole world began. To reduce the amount of power. Amen. To reduce the amount of power. And he's putting those resistors in there. And the reason why he's putting in there. And sometimes it's not even saying I'm putting in there. But sometimes we are the one putting in there. And the reason is that. Sometimes we don't feel pressurized. To take it. To take the entire power. You see, there are some people who have got resistance in your way. Why? Because they're not pressurized. Because they don't have the ability to contain the entire power. There are people that are living in this age right now that are resisting the Holy Ghost. There are people that are living in this age right now that are resisting the spoken word. They're living in this age right now. They're resisting the serpent seed, resisting the Godhead, resisting the fivefold ministry. They've got resistance in the way. But I know of a people. I know of a people that have been pressurized for this age. I know of a people that have been pressurized to live on this age. They've been pressurized to receive the message of this age. To receive the revelation of this age. There is a people that have been pressurized. The people that have been given an ability to be able to receive the entire power and to omit the life of God. There is a people. I tell you, friends, we don't need a resistor. We don't need a resistor. If you've had a resistor in your way, 
I think it is time to call the master electrician on the scene because it's time to pluck out all the resistors. Because you were built to be connected directly to the dynamo. You were built to produce the word of this age. You don't need a resistor in your way. You don't need anything to resist the Holy Ghost. You don't need anything to resist the word. You don't need anything to resist it. I think it is time for us to allow all the 700 volts of the revelation of Jesus Christ in this last age to have his way in us. It is time to allow that revelation to actually permeate into our hearts, into our soul, and to give our all to it. Give all our heart to it. Give all our soul to it. Give all our mind to it. You see, it was Gideon. You see, Gideon was built up for that age. They were living in a time that, you know, you have all these people who come, I think, the Philistines or whatever it is, and they'll come and take the crop. It was the age of the judges. And Gideon had a resistor on. He didn't see himself to be up to, to live in that age or to be up to overcome. But it came a day that he received a visitation. And when he received the visitation, he was told that he is a mighty man of violence. But there was a resistor in there that he couldn't, he couldn't take that word. But he was built up for it. He was built up for that age. He was built up to take those Philistines that were coming against him. And I want you to know that you have been built up for this age. You don't need to put a resistor in the way. You were built up to take up anything that is coming against you or standing in your way. You were born to be a conductor. You were born to conduct this word, to conduct this message. You were born to bring it to pass. And there is none of us ought to stand in your way. The Satan has been trying to put resistance here and trying to put it there. But it's one thing he cannot resist, and that is the pride. There's no way that he's going to be able to resist this pride. Now think about it for a moment. When you weren't a thought of God, you weren't a sinner. When you weren't a stop, he wasn't thinking of you as a sinner. But what made us a sinner is when we were born. When we came through our birth, we were made sinners. But the scriptures say that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. And so now think about it. If you were in the thought of God, you weren't a sinner. And in this age, you have been made manifest and being expressed. I want to ask you a question. How does he seize you? How does he see you? Because in a stop, you never did it in the first place. So how does he see you now? But you know what Satan has been trying to do? He's been trying to lie into you. But when he looks at you, he doesn't see you. What he sees is the blood. You came as a sinner, but you didn't stay a sinner because there was a predestinated seed in you that it came a point that was quickened by the word. And when it became quickened, 
you became alive and when you became alive you became the expression of what he had on his mind and what he sees now is the blood but now I want to ask you what is the blood the blood is alive and what is the life that we're talking about it is the life of Jesus so right now when he's looking at you all he's saying is the life of Jesus being expressed again what are we supposed to be worried about you were justified you were sanctified you were filled with the Holy Ghost for a purpose to be the expression of Jesus Christ again in this last age when he looks at you, he sees Jesus. When you speak, he hears his voice. It is the life that is living in you. But now what are we supposed to do? Is to give it all to that life that is living in you. It is time to take the resistors out of the way. And let the word, let the life of God express itself the way it wants to. And it's time to stop holding back. And it's time to stop holding back. Well, friends, I want you to know, you know, David himself had a bit of resistance in his, in his, in his blood. That he didn't even know about. But, you know, one day, he didn't actually know about, you know, what, what was in him. But one day, he saw the air coming back home. And when he saw the air coming back home... Something started to happen in him. See, he didn't know the power that Lloyd's in him. He didn't know that there was a joy that Lloyd in him. See, he was a warrior. He was a warrior and all he knew was, you know, always being in battle and, you know, always being in that mode of, oh, I don't know what it is. He did have a joy, but that day, that joy started to boil over. That joy started to boil over. Because that resistance that was there, the moment that, that, the moment that the word came and quickened, the seed that was in there, that resistance couldn't hold him anymore. And I think it's time to let the word quicken the seed that is in you. You will be surprised of the things that you can do. You'll be surprised of the power that is in you. You'll be surprised of the faith that is lying in you. It is a perfect faith that is lying in you. And I think it is time to let completely loose. It is time to let the, the, the resistors get out of the way. And let, be, let us become the true conductors of the world in this last age. Because there's only one time that Satan cannot stand. And that is the word. He can stand the word. And the word has been put in here. Oh, hallelujah. He can stand. The one that Brother Branham will call you the pure virtuous, sinless bride of the son of the living God. Why? Because you never did it in the first place. Why? Because he's seeing you just as the way he saw you when you were in his thoughts. Oh, friends, I believe it's time to give it all. It's time to give it all to him. No wonder Brother Branham will call us the messer yet. No wonder he'll call us the messer yet.
What is a messiah? Yeah. And Messiah, it's an anointed one. Just ask the Messiah. Brother Brown will talk about it again in the Messiah. Shrift Boy 9 and 61. He said that when God was made flesh and become the Messiah, then if we can yield ourselves to be the anointed like he was, we become Messiah. Little light. That's what the church is supposed to be. Light, little anointed ones, that's God's church. His standing light, his standing light, his standing light is the light of Messiah. Risen Christ and his people. The anointed ones carrying forth his light into all the church ages. Sometimes it almost goes completely out. Then it comes back again. God's anointed one. God's Messiah church. If Messiah means anointed one and means can, then if the church is anointed by the Messiah spirit, it becomes a lesser but still a Messiah. Amen. Because... It has his light reflecting his power, reflecting his glory, reflecting his dominion. No wonder you call us the Messiah. Yeah. Why? Because we receive the same anointing that the Messiah himself received. And though it's that it might be little, but yet we are still Messiah. Yeah. Friends, we're living in a time that deity is living in you. Deity is walking in you. Deity is speaking in you. Oh, friends, that I think it is time for us to give it all away and let God have his way in us. Remember one time that all that God was, he poured it into Christ. But all that Christ was, he poured it into the church. And I don't know you, but I am the church. You are that church. And he poured it in you, not just for you to come to church. He poured it in you, not just for you to be identified as a message believer, but he poured it in you for you to express and reproduce Christ again. Oh, friends, oh, I believe it's time to give it all. But Brennan will continue to say, Brennan will continue to say, did you ever think of this? He said, let me just ask you something. He said, look at me a minute. Look at me a minute. He said, this is my hand. He said, my hand, that's my fingers. He said, this is my ear. He said, this is my nose. But then he asked the question, but who's me? He said, that's not me. He said, that's something that belongs to me. He said, said see... This is my hand, but who is me that owns the hand? He said, this is just a house I am living in. He said, well, there's got to be something in there called me. He said, me has got to be somewhere because this is mine. He said, you see it? Me is somebody because I own something. I have a hand. It's mine. Well, who's me that it belongs to? He said, that's your spirit. Now, this is 1961. And Brother Branham would still, you know, put the spirit on the soul. or put the soul and the spirit kind of not away. But I believe what he's trying to say here is that is your soul. As he's talking about me. 
is that, well, it depends what kind of spirit that, that, that it is. Who you yield your members to, that's whose servant you are. So here we are that we've got a hand and we've got fingers and we've got ears and we've got nose. But within us is a me. Within us is something that has a possession of what we've got in our body. There is a me that is living in you. And that me has got a belonging which is your body. But I want you to know that that me has also possession of your joy. I want you to know that that me has also possession of your healing. Has possession of your deliverance. And that me is living in you. And what we have to do is to give it all to that me for him to express himself and bring forth the fruits that is in that me. Because that me is not an house but Christ living in you. Oh friends, there is a me that is seeking expression. I don't know you but I believe it's time for us to give it all to the Lord. Not to give a part to him, but to give it all to the Lord. To give all our heart to him. To give all our soul to him. To give all our mind to him. This is your last race. You have been called to run him. The last runner. Doesn't give just a part of his strength, but he gives it all. He gives all that he has to win the prize. The word will say that we are not racing for a corruptible crown, but one that is incorruptible. And we have been asked to give it all. Give all that you have to him. You don't need to hold anything back. If you've been holding something back, if you've been having a resistor in the way, tonight is a good time for you to get the resistor out of the way. He wants to use you. As you read in the first quote, there is a purpose for you here. You are not just here to be the, 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 the son or the daughter of your mom and dad. You are here to be the son and daughter of God. You are here for a purpose. That's what you're here for. And there is a me that is seeking expression. You've been called to be a conductor. You've been called to give it all to him. Not to give a part to him. But to surrender everything that you have to him. Then through the ages they gave it all. And here's the last age. And you are here, but God is also here, and God is in you, and God won't express himself. Ask the musicians to come. God wants to express himself in you, and he's asking you to give it all. You don't need to hold anything back. We've let the resistors have their way for too long. They've been holding back the power. They've been holding back the liberty. They've been holding back the full expression of the Holy Ghost. But I think it's time to let go and to let God have his way. But a brother will say to let go is to take God at his word.
It is thank God for every promise that He's made. And not to leave anything out. Friends, you are the conductor. You are the one that has been called to finish, the, finish this race. How many are willing to give it all to the Lord this evening? Not to give a part to Him. You say, you know, you know, I've been on the message for, two, for so many years and that's good. But have you really given it all to Him? Have you really surrendered everything to him? Have you really sold out to this message? You had it this morning. Have you submitted to him? Have you submitted everything to him? Have you made him Lord of your life? Lord of your thinking. The Lord of your mind. The Lord of your heart. You can play anything softly. Have you made him the Lord of your life? He's wanting to take the preeminence. How many are willing to give him all to your heart? Let us stand on our feet. Give it all to him. You a young person? Give it all to him. Give him more of your time. Give him more of your mind and your thinking. Give it all to him. He wants to be king. He wants to rule on rain. Hallelujah. Amen. What are you playing? Can we sing that? If not, we can sing anything. I don't know. Whatever's on your heart. Give it all, give it all, give it all to Jesus. Cut her dreams, broken hearts. Give it all, give it all, give it all to Jesus. Sorrow into joy. We have another song that we can sing to him. Wonderful, merciful. Amen. Wonderful, merciful Savior. Precious Oh, play. 
hopelessly lost the way. Oh, we've hopelessly lost the way. You are the one that we praise. You truly going to give him all that you have. truly going to give him all your heart, all your soul, and serve him with everything that is within you. This is your time. This is your moment to express him. There's not going to be another life, and the only life that is going to be is the eternal life that is awaiting for you. But there is a purpose that you've been put here for. There is something that you're here to express. And if you haven't found it, be diligent. Be diligent and find it. Be diligent and find that purpose why you're here. You're not here just to be here. You're not here for a mistake. But the brother must talk about one in a million. It was a million, but you came out. Just one. You came out for a purpose. You came out for a reason. There is something that you're supposed to express. There is a fragrance that you're supposed to give out. They are waiting on you. They are waiting on us. For us to finish the race. And if we are still here, it could be that someone must still come in. And we're waiting for that one to come in. But have we fulfilled the purpose? Have we given it all? Have we yielded all to Him? Have we made a church service to be something common? Have we come to church to be just a spectator of Him? Have we made this message just a powerless message? Are we 
to just linger on just let her lay down on the shelf and just just have a let her be a background something the odds are against us we know the odds are against us we know leather here is against us we know hell is against us but we've been given what it takes to overcome have we given our all to her have we yielded our all to this message have we sold out to her as a young person have you sold out to this message You saw that everything that you've got. What is really your ambition? What is really your goal? It's good to have a future. It's good to build this and that. But what is really the purpose? Why are you here? It's Brother Tim Dodd that said it so well. We are here to worship God. There's only one whole purpose. It's to worship Him. But have you given you all to worship Him? All those there through the ages, they gave it all. They didn't have the full revelation, but they gave it all. The little light that they had, they gave it all to. They were not willing to compromise. But on the altar, they gave it all. Even when they came, that they had to give their life, they gave. You haven't been called to give your life. You have been called to surrender all. You have been called to just give it all. To give all your mind. To give all your soul. To give all your heart. That's what you've been called to. I read one last quote and I'll let you go. The angel of the Lord, Brother Andrew, shared this last yesterday. Angel of the Lord, Phoenix 1951. Is that a man and woman you know where you stand tonight? And there is only one more person who knows it. That's God. That's God knows where you stand. So if your heart is right with God, really live for Him. Be true to Him. Love him so much that he that everything else becomes secondary. And then you love the Lord with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your soul, with all your mind. And he said, God will lead you. Because he said, the footsteps of the righteous man is ordered by the Lord. Surrender all that you are to him and let God lead you. He knows which path you have to go. He knows which way you have to go. He knows what you have to do. He knows what tomorrow holds. He knows what the future holds. You just give your all to us. And you make sure everything turns out right. Amen. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. Let's sing this song perhaps. There is a source. Amen. So so says we hand it back to Brother Ed. There is a source in time of need that gives me hope that 
Oh